back, ladies and gentlemen, to Behind the Restaurant. As always, I am your host, Jerry. I appreciate you guys joining me once again for this lovely, lovely day in the podcast world where we're going to be talking restaurants. Yeah. And the experiences and everything that goes into them and repeating some things that we probably said before. And I don't know. Let's just talk. Like, why not just have a conversation about these things from the side of what I usually side with? (laughs) The employee or the lower management or the supervisor or, you know, the regular worker. I don't know. For today, I thought I've been keeping it pretty straight and serious with the topics and I have had some fun topics previously like last year's pod podcast releases but I thought with the fact that I'm now you know doing this on a more consistent basis and talking to you guys on a more consistent basis that I thought we'd uh, you know we'd get to know each other you know I've given you my bona fides on my years of experience in the restaurant world. I've given you my understanding of some of the ins and outs of the restaurant world. And I thought, why not just have a conversation about the restaurant world and my overall thoughts on what the restaurant world is doing, what maybe they should be doing, and how... Anything that's being done may or may not be enough. And how it's still stuck in the old way of doing things. Simply because it is one of the fastest growing segments. And still one of the fastest... Still one of the biggest segments in the country. But it's a very divided segment in the sense that while... There are a lot of big concepts that make a good amount of money that can, you know, pay accurately for their employees. There are a lot of smaller concepts that are involved in what this industry is that, you know, sometimes cannot pay to the level of which they need. And that's an interesting thing to have in a conversation because if you think about it, Everybody who works and anywhere they work would want to be paid adequately for the job that they're doing. And as I've said previously on other podcasts, like, yeah, most people who are owners or who are managers, when they're offering a position to an employee in the restaurant industry, they're devaluing the position anyway. Like, it's the same reason why most restaurant concepts hire from within and promote from within and you know push people within the company you think it's sold to everybody as if oh they're doing this because it keeps the connection it keeps getting everybody involved it gives employees hope they're also doing it because if you're promoting from within you're paying less overall you just are on a you know increase by increase basis you're paying below market value for the position now, that's a funny thing to say. What the heck is market value for a restaurant position? And that's where the mindsets kind of have to change. We're with the idea of what working for a restaurant means 
and what working for a restaurant can achieve. Because overall, you're paying for... Whenever you're paying for anybody to do anything, you're paying for what they can do versus what others can do and how that getting done for your concept will help. So what is market value for an employee at different positions? Can it be argued that market value for a cashier at a restaurant concept is nothing more than minimum wage because you're not asking too much of them? But then again, you are going to end up asking a lot of them. This is where it's very interesting because the restaurant world is developed very much so on cross-training. A lot of gosh darn cross-training. I've been, I've, now having worked outside of it a little bit, what you're trained to do in corporate, in a sense, is very position-based. Yes, you can have the ability to do other things and you can have the capability to learn other parts, but once you do, you are moving in a direction to get paid for what your new and what your learned abilities are. While in a restaurant, it is more often than not that an employee who is hired for a cashier position will be cross-trained to do something, if not two or three other things, within that same position, and then it will be qualified as if it is the same exact position. As if what they're doing as a cashier is the same thing that they're doing as a runner, and it's the same thing they'll be doing as a server. So, all those categories in a restaurant are viewed equally in the pay scale because they don't want to distinguish that something should be paid more than something else. Even though after a while you do have to because of the experience that an employee has as they're working for you and working with you. But overall, there's this, if this person is a prep cook or a chef or any one of those things, they will be qualified at a certain base level of pay. And I can move this person between any one of these positions and still pay them at this base level of pay and never increase it no matter how much the demand of what I'm asking them to do changes. Increase or decrease. It's a very interesting thing that even if a cashier would learn some of the um, early supervisory stuff and be labeled as a cashier trainer, because there are positions within that, there are levels within positions just to stop the having to pay somebody at a higher level so that you can still keep them aboard and make them feel like they gained something. Uh, <laughs> from my own experience, when I was made a weekend manager, meaning that I closed and opened the restaurant on Saturdays, uh, so I would come in, the restaurant wouldn't open till noon, I would be in by 11, set everything up. My first cashier would come in at about 12, and then I would close the restaurant at about 9, 10 o'clock. So when I was classified as a weekend manager, I was giving an increase back at that time of 50% pay difference from what I did as a regular cashier throughout the week. 
Now, for me at that time, that was a great little increase in, you know, financial gains. But the purpose, the idea of the fact that you are now a manager and your increase is only qualified for when you're working this shift as a manager and it isn't a singular increase for every other time because you're still qualified to be able to do these activities if they ask you to do them throughout the week is insane. Because there's never been a time that you work a restaurant and you've been trained as a manager and you've been trained to do these things and you are a weekend manager that that you are not asked throughout the week when you are working other shifts to do some of the activities that you are being paid for to do on the weekend. And if you were for one second to make that the moment that you stand against doing those things, whoo, baby, nice seeing you. Thanks for working here. I'll see you next week. And by next week, I mean he'll be seeing unemployment. Like, no, it doesn't It doesn't work that way. It doesn't qualify that way. Once you are a manager, at any point in time, that even if you're not paid as it during a week and you work it only on the weekends, at any point in time, you could be asked to do managerial type things because doing so is something you've been trained for. So now, because you've been trained for it, at any point in time, the actual supervisor that you have in charge of you will be able to come to you and go like, I need you to do this. You know how to do it, right? And that's how most of these things are qualified for anybody who works in the restaurant industry. It's just, it's it's astounding the amount of stuff that's allowed to slide because of the simple fact that these places who sometimes cannot pay more consistently because they're smaller but most of the time can because they are making more than enough to do so if they were to manage themselves correctly they will figure out every single loophole they can to pay less in any possible way i've had employees who worked for me who have had because of the mandate set up on the owner side or the district manager side have been set up with multiple different ways of clocking in because at different points, depending on when they're working or where they're working, they would be paid differently for the position that they are doing. Do you not see the insanity in that? Like, wouldn't it be simpler just to pay a certain rate that's higher than the average so that the delivery of each one of these could be asked for without the fear of, oh no, they're in this position, I can't, like, it's, it's a convoluted state of affairs that are just so easily worked into the daily routine of any restaurant's success or lack thereof, depending on what you're asking of them. But it, it kind of, it kills me because then you go to the other side, which is a huge thing, is let's say you're a server, a pure server. Now, a server can get paid minimum wage, but their minimum wage is less because according to the state law, a server who get, gets to make tips can make up the difference in how much their minimum wage is versus how much they need to get paid hourly to equal out to minimum wage overall. Oh, and they could always make more. Like, what? Uh-huh. What? 
So it's okay to pay a certain group of people less because they just so happen to possibly be able to make enough money from people deciding, hey, let me give you a little bit more than what my actual rate of paying for this item is. So they're very dependent on finding enough good people who wish to give enough extra money to make their living. There, how is it that we see nothing wrong with that in all the years that the restaurant industry has been in place? Because this is where the question comes in. Where is the segment that's so far growing that allows for these situations where tips become the way that certain people live and the way that other people don't because they're not making enough because it depends on when you're scheduled. And this is also when a lot of favoritism favoritism comes into play from the manager side. Like, oh my God, you do not understand how many times I like this person. Me liking this person is going to lead to them getting better shift. Hey, you want to work Saturday night? Good tips. Yeah, of course. Who wouldn't? That's, but that's the problem. When you're creating a dependency on tips to compensate for pay, you're also creating a dependency on who people enjoy at certain times and positions. If you were to pay everybody equally, there would be no feeling of, oh, this person likes this more. Or None of that. Because you would not create a point of, them needing to work certain days to be able to make more so that there's an equal compensation. Because if not, there isn't an equal compensation. It's very true. There is a lack of equal compensation. As my computer lovely, lovely goes off and I forgot to turn down the sound. But it's just, it, it's astounding to me the many little things that are gotten away, uh, away with to make just a little extra money in different places and in different positions. I don't think I've ever... There's so many concepts that are so cross-trained for so long. Like, I worked a location, a place, for over a year, maybe a year and a half, and you weren't... You got paid for your position, but you were a prep person, you were a creator of recipes, you were a um, you put out people's meals, you put their meals together, and you were a cashier. You were all these things at once, and you did every single one. You got paid the same rate across, and you wondered what the hell, why, you know, because they're trying to save a little money. Because if you have the positions filled as they're supposed to be, then you would have this whole thing where. You'd be spending a lot more money on everybody completing their tasks rather than just having this one person who's on from 9 to 5. Between 3 and 5, you're going to do this prep work for us. Like, um, okay, cool, thanks, that's great, appreciate you. But <sighs> it's also, it, it's fucking weird, man. I don't know, the restaurant industry is weird when it comes to a lot of these things. And I've been there for so many, so much of the little nuances of how it works, ins and outs, how every restaurant tries to save money in its own unique way, how every concept tries to establish a new way of doing things when it's the same way that everybody else has been doing stuff, how 
even when ordering, you can see that the ordering was done wrong because there isn't enough thought in what needs to be ordered day over day because there's certain people in certain positions that don't want to double check it because now, oh, they have people below them that can tell to double check it instead for them. It's like, uh, there's a lot of high level laziness once people reach a certain position in the restaurant industry. There isn't that continued amount of work because once you reach a certain level, you start seeing that there's a ceiling there. There isn't as much as available growth going forward unless you're in a restaurant concept that is continuously growing itself. If you're not in a concept that's honestly going to grow and has multiple locations and has multiple avenues of of um advancement then there is a ceiling that you reach there's a max level to it and the person who's already at that max level will defend that level against any and everybody and anybody because they believe whoever's coming in if they're in any way more intelligent than them then they are officially trying to take their position from them like that is the first thought. It is a very catty mindset once the highest level of certain positions are met. That if there's anybody hired going, coming in afterwards, that it's looked on like, oh, yeah, you're cool, but you're trying to come for my job. And that's the first thought and mindset of anybody for any one of those. And it drives me insane because I've experienced that just because of my level of experience. I've gone into positions knowing that I'm taking a lesser level because I needed a job. And you do that sometimes in the restaurant industry. You will take a lesser level just to get in the door at somewhere else where maybe you can gain more levels later on. Or you'll take a lesser level for a short term and work your way to something else as you remaneuver yourself back in the restaurant industry. But the person who's right there, who's at the highest level of this point, will continue to be at the highest level at this point and always wants to stay at the highest level at this point because they make enough money at the highest level at this point will fear that you're coming for their highest level. Like, dude, I don't want your job, man. Your job's shitty. You, you can't grow past the point of where you're at. You can't do anything else. You haven't trained yourself with the capability of working anywhere else. You know this concept, this style, this delivery, but... Anything else would throw you off 1,000%. You probably took lesser for this position than most people would take for these positions. You get paid at a level that's probably a lot lower than what the average would be because you knew if you took that, you could keep it for a lot longer because they wouldn't look at you twice because they're paying you less to do something they know they would have to pay more for anybody else. Those kind of things when a person reaches what I would like to call a level of stupidity because they don't wish to fight for anything more. They're just taking as much as they can and leaving it there and not wanting to push the envelope. It's stupidity. It honestly is. In an industry where the point ends up being if you want to be in this long term, you want to grow. You want to expand. You want to be better and bigger and you want to make a career. And the way you make a career is different positions 
of growth. And if you think that in this small concept, you've reached the highest level of that small concept and you're okay and that's it. Hey, it's nice. You're making consistent money. That's great. I'm happy for you. You're making consistent money. But the truth be told is, are you really in this industry to expand and grow in any other way? Because it honestly doesn't seem like it in the long run. It just doesn't. It, it falls short. All of it falls short. Someone who's a cashier and wants to live in that world of being a cashier for a long time and has not moved on to other positions, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that they're not showing a potential for growth. They've reached what they want and they're doing just that and that's enough. Someone who's gone up through different ranks at different restaurants and reaches a height at a certain level and stopped growing from there, then what were they truly aiming for? Just to make enough money to survive? Or just to make enough money, period? I never got that. I, I never... I've made mistakes when it comes to taking a job because the money was better and just taking it for the money and not realizing I had something where I could have grown in a different way. But I don't think I've ever reached a point where I've taken a job just to reach a certain level of money and stopped. It just it doesn't doesn't make sense for the continued want of working in an industry that you actually enjoy. Like at some point you should be pushing to achieve the next level, whatever it is. And if you don't make it to that next level, then you don't make it. But if you make it to the next level, then fuck, man. That's an awesome thing. That's a great thing. I don't want it to come across as if I'm bashing a person who has reached a peak of something they want and stopped themselves beyond that. But it's a little weird to then consider that a true level of success if you have fought to get to that point. Because it means that there are other points you could go through. But there's also a fear level there. And I saw that in plenty of places with general managers who had been put into positions of power. And feared that if anybody else came in who were as understanding of the position as they were, they would lose their position of power at one point or another. Like, the restaurant industry is so fickle with power and position that at any point, anybody in any higher level position could fear that the next person coming up could take their job in one or two seconds. Because they could represent themselves in a way that's different from you and that the other people enjoy and want and need for that. It, it just... There's a lot of insecurity across the restaurant industry. There's a lot of, of narcissism as well. But there's a lot of people who want to be successful, but don't know how once they reach that success to make themselves better instead of holding on to that success by choking it out. And believing they have to stop anybody else behind them who's trying to be successful as well. There's a lot of a lot of people who are fighting to get into a certain position. 
and then fighting to make sure that nobody else gets into that same position with them so they can be the only one there. There's a lot of people who will step over, step on, step through whomever they have to to get to that next higher place and make themselves look better and make themselves look smarter rather than sometimes seeing the benefit of growing with a team and with other people with you. And it it's it can be frustrating. It can be illuminating to understanding who you have next to you. It can be a pain in the ass. Because you're fighting for something that the other person would rather hurt you to get than stand with you to achieve. It's a very solo thing. The restaurant industry ends up being very solo, very singular, very lacking in teamwork or joint understanding of how to grow and how to expand and how to be better. It's very much blindfold, blinders on horse race and just look straight. And very lackluster in its ability to lead people onwards and grow them in the manner in which necessary to create a long-term success. There are a few that, you know, you can point to that have done that. But there are more often those that don't end up succeeding in that way. Something ends up coming in between the initial team that could have made a long-term success and how that team ends up breaking up. Something happens. Someone feels slighted. Someone feels like they should have had the position before somebody else. When the team feels like one of their own got promoted and someone in that team has more jealousy than appreciation and understanding that if one of your team gets promoted, the rest of your team has a chance to be promoted, there is a level of poor upper management there that hasn't allowed everyone to feel like they're capable of getting the same thing that that one team member got. And that's bad. That happens quite often in the restaurant industry. That happens a lot. There are more people that end up feeling like, oh no, they got it, now I'm never going to get it. Rather, they got it, now I have a chance of getting it as well. Which is what everyone should feel, especially when you're a group, a unit, a team, together. Everyone should feel like if one of us gets it, the rest of us now have the ability to get it as well. Should. That, that would be great leadership if done correctly. And if done appropriately. That would be. Yeah. I don't know. That was the general idea of what I wanted to talk about today. And what I want to talk about going forward. I gotta figure out how, how to get you guys to laugh with me on this. And I find a lot of this crap funny. I find a lot of the nuances of the restaurant industry hilarious. I find the way, the practices that they commit to just astounding. And maybe we should go into some of those a little bit more and just have fun with the stupidity of what comes from a lot of the stuff that happens on the day-to-day basis in the restaurant industry. Maybe that's where we go. I appreciate everybody listening. I will see you next time. Peace! Peace!